0: Well, thanks very much for joining us. This is Jonathan Armstrong from Caudry Compliance in London. With me is my erstwhile colleague, Eric Sinroyd at Dwayne Morris in California. And Eric, I know you're anxious to try a sort of almost like a secret Santa of the technology law world experiment today, where you've <laughs> told me that I'm effectively going to delve into Sinrod's mind, and then whatever pops up, I'm expected to comment on immediately. So uh, I, I guess when you've done more than 160 of these podcasts, it's good to try something new in a while, it, it, once in a while. So I'm, I'm rummaging in your virtual Santa sack now. Away you go.
1: <laughs> All right. It's a freezing cold morning here in the Bay Area outside of San Francisco. And yes, it's the day before Thanksgiving. I am thankful for these podcasts that I get to do with my colleague Jonathan Armstrong. We've been going strong for years now. We're in the mid-160s, and I'm sure we're going to keep going for a long time. And so we thought we'd do something a little bit different today, and that is this. I have a topic that I have chosen, but for the first time in all of our many dozens of podcasts, Jonathan does not know what the topic is. Normally in advance, we briefly discuss the topic so we can each anticipate. Uh, Well, to to be fair, Eric,
0: I normally get about 30 seconds notice and vice versa. (laughs) So it's not not going to be hugely worse, but let's see.
1: Yeah, that's right. So we give each other at least a little bit of a heads up. So I guess we're spoiling our secret a bit because you know we read each other's minds. But we read each other's minds in much greater detail. But here we go. Let's talk about intelligence. So Homo sapiens are the most successful human species so far, Jonathan. Homo sapiens have thrived in the wake of the disappearance of prior human species like Neanderthals, although footnote, most of us actually have a little bit of Neanderthal DNA within us, and Jonathan probably more than others. (laughs) Sorry about that. And homo sapiens, of course, have greatly surpassed the abilities and development of other ape species. So, Are Homo sapiens threatened now to be left in the dust by another form of being here on planet Earth? Here we are, we're at the top of the heap. Is something going to surpass us? And the answer is yes, Jonathan, according to none other than Stephen Hawking. And what's more, Hawking says that we are threatened by our own creation, artificial intelligence, AI. Hawking has recently explained that artificial intelligence ultimately will become smarter than and, unfortunately, a threat to Homo sapiens, our current human species. Hawking began by pointing out that it is, quote, clearly possible for something to acquire higher intelligence than its ancestors. We evolved to be smarter than our ape-like ancestors, and Einstein himself was smarter than his parents, close quote. Hawking then posed the potential for AI to become "quote better than humans at AI design, so that it can recursively improve itself without human help." Close quote. And Hawking warned, "quote Sorry for all the quotes, but I want to make sure we're mm. using his words." "Quote If this happens, we may face an inte- <coughs> excuse me an intelligence explosion that ultimately results in machines whose intelligence." exceeds ours more by than ours exceeds that of snails. So we are to snails as AI will be more than to us. The problem, Jonathan, is that superintelligent machines could design even smarter and better machines, and this amazing intelligence explosion would leave homo sapiens far behind and eventually irrelevant. Homo sapiens might not have any control over machines that are much, of, of much greater intelligence. And Jonathan, if the supermachines concluded as part of their development that we humans uh, are worthless or are in the way, perhaps they could be the architects of our demise. So this seems to be a gloomy forecast for the future. And the question is, is the genie already out of the bottle in terms of the evolutionary commencement? Uh, of threatening supercomputers, threatening us. Or, Jonathan, is the opposite true, that computers developed by homo sapiens will continue to support and serve us? So I now tee those questions up to you. You had no forewarning. Jonathan, please <laughs> give us your learned, unanticipated thoughts on AI. And don't have a computer do the thinking for you. I don't want to hear <laughs> Siri talk this is not <laughs> I'm not asking for Siri. I'm asking for you.
0: Well, challenge accepted then. Um, I suppose I've got a couple of, um, well, since you put me on the spot, uh, I, I just wonder if, if stuff like this is actually that new as a prediction. And I guess I look back to the original days of, you know, Babbage and his difference engine and so on and so on, I guess in the late 1800s. Um, and then obviously the work of uh, Alan Turing, which is still... Uh, front right. of mind 70 years later. Mm-hmm. And it isn't that the case with things like Turing's bomb and the work of Bletchley Park, that they were able to crack codes that the human mind couldn't? And it wasn't that the human mind couldn't crack them because uh, of almost a lack of capa- uh, intelligence. It was really a lack of capacity, wasn't it? And a Mm -hmm. lot of computing decisions, uh, it seems to me, are are obviously based on the binary. So a a switch, I won't get too techie because I'm not too techie, but a switch is either on or off, isn't it? And the human mind uh, often can't compute that on or off decision as quickly as a computer can, which obviously people like Turing uh, uh, proved by his engine, which was able to make those binary decisions quicker. And how, I'm oversimplifying it, make, could make those binary decisions quicker is by trialing things more quickly. So I'll give you another example that's maybe less academic. We, uh, a while ago, and I know we've talked about this before in our podcasts, we did a, a an experiment with uh, Nominet over... Um, something called Know the Net, which allows uh, teenagers particularly to check their understanding of social media risk. And and we uh, tested some of the uh, elements of that program in a live environment in a school. And uh, there was one uh, lad in the class who was outstanding And the teacher said, you know, this is a bit of a surprise. I didn't think his legal knowledge and his risk awareness, I wouldn't have put him top of the class. And when we looked at what he was doing, he wasn't top of the class at all. It was a multiple choice uh, test. And he decided that he could gamble A, B, C, D, E quicker than the time it took to read the question and work out the answer. So he was top because he was quickest, not because his intelligence was greater, but his trial and error skills were quicker than the others, and he'd worked out that sometimes you don't have to know the answer for certain, you just have to be able to guess quickly and find out whether you're right or wrong quickly. So in some respects, isn't that what Hawking's saying, that a lot of AI is, is actually you know, fantastic and is original thinking. But a lot of it is just the ability to make those simple yes or no decisions much quicker. And I guess my slightly amusing point is there's a program at the moment in the UK called Bad Robots, which is probably worth a watch for anyone in in the UK. I've only seen a couple of episodes which shows what happens when robots can go wrong. But I give you an example from When I was a trainee lawyer, and and, and as as trainee lawyers get the task of doing the worst jobs, I was sent to an exhibition uh, in the middle of a shopping center. And this law firm I was with, I think it was the first ever exhibition they'd done, and we were next to a firm of accountants. I mean, what we were doing in a shopping center offering legal and accountancy advice, I don't know. Um, But between us was uh, an an intelligent, in inverted commas, Postman Pat robot. Um, and, uh, And basically what this did is, if you don't know Postman Pat, he's sort of like a cartoon character in the UK. And whenever you went up to this Postman Pat, it was meant to locate you just through a PIR, Passive Infrared Sensor, on on its head, I imagine, and then it would say something intelligent and act like it was the real postman, pad. Now, believe me, Eric, after about four hours, this became somewhat tedious because you worked out it wasn't really interacting with members of the public. It just had a sensor on its head, and it spoke one of, I don't know, a dozen random phrases. That's all it could do. So it looked intelligent, but it wasn't. And it became somewhat tiresome. And uh, as I said, its intelligence diminished somewhat when the senior partner of the accountancy firm next to us pulled the plug out of the postman path. Then you really worked out how intelligent it was. So, um, so there are some random thoughts for you. Take or please them as you wish. Um, I guess, I guess the, the, the sort of legal angle is that we are going to have to work out things like definitions of artificial intelligence because undoubtedly, like we're seeing with driverless cars, like we're seeing with drones, people are trying to use the it's the computer, what done it defense rather than to accept responsibility for their own activities. So we are going to have to look at these legal issues sooner rather than later and work out whether artificial intelligence is guessing quicker as, you know, I'm oversimplifying the the Turing experiment, but whether it is something truly different and some sort of independence of thought, which I think many computers currently are not capable of.
1: So I throw it back to you, Eric. Well, good job, Jonathan, given that you have no advanced warning. Uh, clearly, you have your own intelligence, which <laughs> is unique and, and not artificial. But uh, I'll just make three last points, and then we can wrap up, and I can get ready for my Thanksgiving with my family. And the first is, you know, cutting through what you're saying, I don't hear you necessarily uh, predicting doom and gloom and that Homo sapiens will be replaced by AI. Um, perhaps when I'm hearing for us to stay ahead of the game, we need to figure out how, how the Have the friendly computers right now somehow help us to upload uh, greater speed in our uh, brain uh, processing so we can uh, stay ahead of the game. And then lastly, I'll just point out a really uh, interesting conversation I had with Siri yesterday. I was talking to Siri, and I said, Siri, what's your favorite color? (laughs) And I really didn't expect a response of any sort. A lot of times she'll say, "I, I can't comment on that. But she said, Eric, sort of greenish with certain dimensions. <laughs> so, where did that come from? I have no idea. It's uh, an advert It's an apple. You've you been go. sucked in. I know. I'm having my own independent relationship with uh, uh, the, uh, the. I have my uh, phone, by the way, programmed to speak with uh, in an Australian accent. So, how about that? Um, if I have my Fair friend, huh? Fair income. Yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> So um, I think we're about done. So this has been your weekly Tech Law 10. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, listening to us as we experiment with this different format today. Uh, I'm Eric Sinrod at the law firm Dwayne Morris. Um, my email address is ejsinrod at com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can ask Siri about us probably. Um, go to your usual AI uh, outlet and uh, get some uh, instruction and help about these podcasts. I now turn it back to Jonathan. You wrap it up.
0: Yeah, all that remains is to uh, thank you for listening, to wish you all a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate it and um, some peaceful time with your families. To uh, Thank you for listening, and do tune in again in a week or so where we'll have thought of something probably less intelligent to say. Thanks for listening. <laughs> double double. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.